Hello, and thank you for visiting All Things Guitars and Music, podcast by Vapor Guitars. On this episode, we have Scott Nocon, the former singer of Power Lounge, my second band. Um, era was like back in 1995, 90, 1994 and 1995. So I interview uh, Scott Nocon, my former singer, from Nashville, Tennessee. And we talk about our time in Power Lounge, and we talk about what he's doing currently with his solo band, No Con, and his radio program, No Consideration Radio Show. I, I also like to uh, give props to my sponsors of the show, Mike Erbot, Mike Martin, and Casey Buchanan. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate this, the support. So, uh, kick back. Listen to this episode with Scott Nocon, my former singer for Power Lounge. And we'll start off the show with a Power Lounge song. Thank you and enjoy the show. Oh, no. 
And that was Power Lounge. Uh, the singer of Power Lounge is my guest on all things guitars and music. So on the phone, we got from Nashville, Tennessee, Scott Nocon. How are you? Jim, how are you? I'm doing great. Doing good, doing good. We're just uh, being isolated in these days, right? Exactly, yeah. Practicing uh, some social distancing. Uh, so I'm all about that right now. I haven't gone out of my house since Friday morning. Uh, surprisingly, I'm not going stir crazy. I guess that's a good thing with all of the uh, the streaming sites and and with some gaming, which I haven't done for a while. Uh, I've been able to occupy myself, and obviously now being able to do uh, connect with you is is great. The yeah. power of technology will keep us safe. Yeah, I mean, I just, I mean, I, I guess I do that shit all the time. I just sit home and watch Netflix, and you know, so I guess I do that social distancing on the regular, but now it has a name. Yeah, exactly. I, I thought before it was just a matter. I didn't. I didn't want to be around people, so I just use that. And not even a, an excuse. I think as musicians as a whole, or anybody that that falls into the creative side, you you like having time alone, right? You you like yeah. being able just to think and write and work on stuff. Exactly. So now I guess we have a, an additional built-in excuse to do it. So exactly. All good. All, All good. Right. So yeah. So thank you for doing my podcast and. Um, some of you people know that me and Scott was in a band called Power Lounge, which uh, we played a song at the beginning of the show. And this was, what, back in 95, I think? 95, yeah. I think we started in 94, 95. Yeah, and then uh, that that was a good band. It was pretty heavy for back in its time. We had a, a DJ. Uh, we weren't the first one to have a DJ, but we did have a DJ before uh, Slipknot and Limp Bizkit and other bands. Because we were out first. And then, uh, yeah, that was a great album. So maybe I'll put some links up so people could download or buy it or something. You know, that album. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And I agree. It definitely, if you look back now, because, like, what, 25 years ago, if, yeah. if that's possible. You know, because we're only 25 ourselves. So it's crazy what yeah. we were able to do as, as infants. But Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, yeah, I think it, it's... You, you know, to give ourselves credit, right? I guess we can because it's only the two of us talking plus yeah. all your listeners. But I, I thought it was kind of cutting edge, right? At the yeah. time, I remember, you know, in the studio where we're at in Huntington Beach, that was definitely a fun time. You know, we got to, sh you know, like the story probably sounds better now than it did when it was happening. But in that same studio space were bands like Head, had PE yeah. and corn. So they corn. had all their equipment set up. We would hear them through the walls, you know, writing some of the original songs that definitely for corn turned on to be, turned out to be classics off that first record. So I think kind of at the time, it's almost, you don't realize where you're at until you look back and appreciate it. So yeah, yeah. definitely revisiting some of those power lounge songs over the last week when you, uh, when you reached out, you know, wanted to do this, uh, this podcast uh, admittedly that's the first time i listened to them all the way through in years yeah and it it was a proud moment you know whenever you can create something even if it's just for you know five people in a band or four people in a band or just for yourself it's it's nice that you have that yeah that I mean, recording to reflect back on and it, the recording is great dude the the production the quality still sounds great to this day on that it does Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, so yeah, going back to, I remember, because uh, it was just the three bands at um, the studio, uh, Freaking Loud Studios in Huntington Beach. And it was Power Lounge, Corn, and Head PE. And then we shared the same room with Corn. Sometimes we would have to like hurry up and get our shit out so they could get their shit in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I guess they had a little bit more flex on us, right? Where we had to get our stuff out of the way. But yeah, yeah. that's right. There, there were only three bands. And then I know that showcase room where we ended up playing our very first show. Like, I forget who played that night, but I, I remember. Yeah, it was, uh, it was Power Lounge, Cradle of Thorns. And who else? Was it Head P.E.? It might have been. I thought it was. You know, again, it's after all these years, I think back and, and thought that we did a show with them. <clears throat> so it probably was. I, I, I just remember that was, that was definitely a, a well-intended event. And I remember at the time, there was a whole bunch of buddies of mine that that ended up going to that show, yeah. And they had no idea that I was even working on anything. Uh, and so I remember at the end of it, because that was probably the heaviest stuff I'd done yet, and probably to this day is probably still the heaviest. Um, you know, I have some ideas. I want to do some really thrash things in the future, and we could talk about that later. But yeah, I remember that that kind of threw some folks for a loop, which was cool, you know, because I was always always about wanting to kind of surprise people. So if you can kind of get up there and especially, you know, we didn't know each other three or four months before that. Yeah. I mean, I think we just kind of came together through, uh, you know, through the, the newspaper, right. That, that, you know, that's dating ourselves or some sort of, I don't even think there was a link on, I think it was the recycler. Yeah. Recycler. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The good old recycler. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool because, you know, that that album that we did, uh, we we had Warren Fitzgerald from the Vandals. Uh, he produced it, right? He did. Yeah, yeah he yes. produced it. Um, and so that was cool. It was like the first non-punk thing that he did. And then on that album, we also had what AWOL one, the DJ. And yeah, he was on that, and I guess that was the you know, the true sense of just getting in and doing your parts and getting out. Obviously we were around Warren because he was, you know, behind the board and doing all that, but I never met a wall. Um, and he came in probably at night at some time and just put his recordings down. Yeah. And then I know there's some backup, backup singing too. that. And so I heard the final mix. I'm like, Oh, okay, that's cool. You know, again, you, you, it just kind of like at that point it was like, let's just go with it. The, the idea of having just, Really, I, I kind of looked at us as all having kind of really, there was some overlap, obviously, because we played together, but each one had their own distinct musical styles yeah. and influences, and it was kind of cool how it came together. Yeah, and then AWOL 1 became some DJ guy, I guess he, he became kind of big in that field. Um, and then we had a, a the girl singer, Catalina. Um, That's she, right, yeah, I forgot about that, yeah. Yeah, she had a dance hit, I think, on Kiss FM or Power 106 <laughs> after yeah. that. So, yeah, that was that was a good time, you know. We didn't know we were surrounded by all these people. I mean. No, no. And what, during the, wasn't during a, a time we were looking for a, a second guitar player? And yeah. Wasn't, wasn't one of the kids that came out, didn't he end up playing, if you remember the band, say, because I... I, I I don't want to say something wrong, but didn't he end up playing in a bigger band, one of the kids? Yeah, Static X. Uh, That's right, yeah. Koichi. Yeah. 
Yeah, isn't that crazy too? <laughs> was it? Because like, I, I, I think it was his friend that tried out for us. It might have been. Yeah. See, I, I he may have showed up with his buddy. Yeah. Yeah, and then he so. brought Koichi with them just to just to bring him and shit like that. And then, That's uh, right. Koichi used to follow us and go to our shows. Yeah. Back well, at the time, you know. Somebody had to, so <laughs> so, so that was nice. Yeah. And then he became a, a big rock star in Static X, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's cool. I still talk to him. Uh, he might be doing the podcast as well. Nice. So nice. hopefully, hopefully, I can get that going. But yeah. So, uh, anyways, people, that was our band Power Lounge. We 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 did a lot in the short time we were together. I think we were only get our, together a year and a half total. And then uh, one of the best moments that compliments that I ever got was from Monkey from Corn. He walked in while we were still jamming. I don't know if you remember that, but we were still jamming and he just walked in and I looked at him. I was like, dude, and I kind of turned around because I was like, I'm shy or something like that because they're, they're already <laughs> right, big. Yeah. They're already big yeah. at that time. The second album. Exactly. They're working on the second album. And so, and I was like, fuck, dude, why are you in here, man? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then after we were done, he goes, are you just plugged straight in? And I was like, yeah. He goes, no, nothing. And I go, no, just a chord into my amp. And he said, man, your tone was nice. And it was uh, just by going through my Mesa Boogie, Mark 4, right. Mark 3. And um, it, was a, it was a good guitar tone, that's for sure. You know, that, that always stood out. You know, and that's something that, you know, I, it, again, obviously sound matters in music for sure. But that guitar tone is, is something that always stands out yeah. to me and all the stuff I'm doing in the future. And yeah, y- your guitar tone. You know, definitely always stood out as something that that definitely I remembered. And yeah, you you kept it simple, right? I, I'm sure yeah. you do a lot more now, or even yeah, if you I need do. To, but yeah, yeah, I got, yeah, back I in got the day, a, yeah, I got a pedal board now. Um, but back in the day, I couldn't afford any pedals, and I just went straight through, dude. I mean, that was all we had, and I yeah. think that's all we needed. It worked. You know, yeah, that's for sure. It's raw because you can hear it on the CD. You know, yeah, for sure. For like sure. my, my clean tones, I don't even think I had any effects. It was just just a clean tone, you know. So, uh, well, yeah, that's cool. So that's our, our power lounge people. And then so, um, Scott is uh, currently you're doing no con your 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 band, right? I am. Cool. Yeah, so, so yeah, that's been you know, and, and that's kind of been a. You know, part of my life, obviously, you know, the, the last name, and quite, quite honestly, it just it just seemed easier just to associate it with me mm-hmm. um, when we finally got to a point. So, um, you know, there there really isn't any anything more involved in that other than just obviously a name just as an identifier. But the the music itself started probably right after. Actually, I, I remember like right after <clears throat> Power Lounge ended. Uh, a good buddy of mine who's to this day we still write music together bill crawford bc yeah. he and i started getting together and writing writing riffs and so it was bill always bringing the music and then we would we would sit down and just work on uh, i'd come up with the initial lyrical idea he would add some to it he he was and over time he's really kind of if i look back at someone that's probably had the most uh that's helped me out the most musically was bill because he you know he kind of serves as the producer as well so it was good 
And quite honestly, you know, at the same time, we were building out our Pro Tools setups. Yeah. And probably the same reason why I, I stopped playing guitar and playing drums when I was younger and did singing is, you know, all this extra equipment just yeah. became like an extra burden for me. Oh, of course. And, I know and, that. And, you know, and it's like, yeah, well, you know, I, I can I can sing, or at least I think I can. So it's easy enough to to bring a microphone somewhere or to show up and and be able to focus more on the you know, the creative side of, of writing lyrics and writing melodies. So over the years, Bill and I have been able to put together, which, you know, we, I think we jokingly said back 20 years ago, hey, let, let's put an album's worth of material together. We'll go ahead and, and at the time, before everything was, was digital and streaming was uh, the way to go, it's like, let's press something and get it out. Well, it took us a number of years, and that's actually okay, but we got to the point where, you know, about a year ago, actually, 2018 December 2018 we finally did uh, a live show yeah so yeah. that was kind of the culmination of, of 20 plus years of, of writing songs some of the more recent ones within the last year that's that's probably the last one we put out was just just over a year ago um, and we have some more that we're working on now which is cool but you know all that being said is it was kind of a hobby we would meet in, in Hollywood when he lived up there we'd meet in Seal Beach where he resides now I would drive or fly out to Phoenix when I used to live back in Southern California yeah uh, and again we kind of used the weekend we'd use you know Friday night we, we'd have some cocktails and just kind of catch up and barbecue or something Saturday we would write in the morning we record uh, we'd finalize and do some edits on Sunday morning, and then we'd mix down. And, and, and our goal was to have a song completed within the weekend. And we hit that a few times, um, for sure. Uh, but like I said, over over that, which is crazy to look back now, but over that 20-year period, we we got to the point where we were able to, to release something. We did an EP and put it out last year on all the, the streaming sites we never you know we decided against doing a physical copy because quite honestly it just didn't make sense and you don't really need to have physical copies though i still enjoy buying vinyl and buying uh buying the cds exactly uh, it, it was if it, it was any if anything it was a, a nice landmark to hit that hey we got something we can put it out there uh, you know th there's a few streams I, I get those reports at the end of the year and i see stuff and it's kind of surprising you know, and, and what I mean by surprise, and even though there's a couple hundred, you know, if it builds up to a couple thousand in a year, that's still pretty cool. So, yeah. yeah. So you got that going on. So, so you moved to Tennessee recently. So how does that work? Because of the rest of the guys are here, right? In California. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I moved out here for, um, for a job. I actually lived in, in the Nashville area about, 12 years ago or so for a job at the time so you know same thing went out here for a couple of years things changed moved back but this time was kind of like all right yeah this is something that it's the right time you know let's let's make the move out there so now is we, this a permanent wanted, move yeah yeah I, I see it you know unless uh you know, unless there's something dramatic, but and with the with the way the world is these days, who knows what tomorrow brings? But you know, yeah, definitely from you know from from my perspective, this was a, a permanent move for sure. Um, you know, although there's been a lot of great things professionally that have happened over the last uh, you know six months to a year. So mm -hmm. so yeah, that's the goal as it relates to music. Uh, when when we did our first show in December 18, 
I kind of put it out there as as kind of the unofficial goal, and I didn't broadcast this to everybody other than Bill, but it was like, hey, I, I just want to do like six shows. And, yeah. and six kind of was an arbitrary number, but I felt, you know, that, that kind of paces out, you know, easy math, you know, one every two months, uh, let's see what we can do. You know, as you know, being in bands over the years, uh, it's extremely challenging at times to even get into a studio to record, certainly to practice all the discipline that goes on with our daily lives. So yeah. when I did that, you know, last December, I flew back for the, for the, uh, for the Christmas holidays. And we actually were able to do almost a year to the day we did our sixth show. So to me, I could almost put a, a stake in the ground and say, Hey, I accomplished that goal. That's what I wanted to do. Uh, let's see what 2020 um, brings us. So right now, uh, consider it the, as far as like a functional live for, Life performing band, we're kind of on hiatus. You know, everybody's got different projects going on, which is great. Bill and I continue to write, and we have some things that are in process now. We may end up doing, you know, like a, a once once a year show if I'm back in Orange County. Um, that's quite possible. And if I if I see the need, feel the need to to rally some musicians, you know, certainly there's plenty of musicians in Nashville, but um, I think it comes down to you know, everybody's looking for a paying gig. And, and at this point in my life, you know, it's never been about, you know, what am I going to do um, to make money out of this? Because that ship sailed, you know, 25 right. years ago. It's more a matter of from a hobby standpoint, from a fun standpoint, uh, if we can get some folks together, let's do it. So, you know, if everybody's, you know, everybody has their daily lives, um, you know, like Bill does a, um, as it's touted, the first and only um, Matonic, Matonica, um, that's a new name, Madonica um, metal tribute band. So it's like the, supposed to be the first and only Madonna tribute band there. I kind of butchered the whole thing, but that's something that he's been working on for the last couple of years. And, and they do pretty well. You know, they, they play the whiskey and they've done some fly out gigs. Yeah, I see. Clubs. I see some of their... So, uh... Their yeah. promotions and stuff like that. I'm like, wow, they're actually doing it, you know? Yeah, so it's pretty fun. So, you know, again, that's, you know, as much as he's helped me musically as far as just the development and writing and, and recording and really kind of being the advocate to say, you know, you, you make that one line better, sing that part better, you know, it definitely falls in line with what his kind of diligence and focus is around music. So he's got his project. I know Kevin KP, the guitar player, is going to be working on some new stuff that should be released pretty soon. So, it's like, hey guys, I'm just excited. Just that you know, everybody's kind of staying, staying active. Again, it's always been about being, you know, doing it for fun, being, being a hobby. So I'm just, I'm just happy just to support everybody else. Yeah, that's that's me with my music, like being in, you know, livids back together. But it, it's more for like fun, you yeah. know, because we've been back together. I don't know, a year and a half. We we did two shows. And people are like, oh, come, you're not playing. It's like, well, we still get together every Tuesday for, for three, four hours and just jam. I'm just having a fun time jamming. We don't really do any shows right now. We're trying to figure out recording. But um, my thing is I enjoy just playing the guitar. Now, these days, just playing the guitar, even if it's in my music room, just by myself. I enjoy it, you know? And it's not like about playing music to try to make it because that's... That ship sailed, you know, a long time ago, you know. Yeah. So now it's just about, I need to play guitar. It's fun, and I love it. Before, it was about trying to be a rock star and make it. 
Remember, everyone, that was everyone's goal. It, it was, for sure. You know, that, that was, and again, part of it, you know, at least from my perspective, you, you know, when I, when I first started in this, uh, I was probably like, when I first got turned on to music, so, you know, let's go on the Wayback Machine. So um, I'll date myself a little bit. I remember the first song that I heard that made me think, wow, you know what, I, I like heavier music or rock music was Van Halen and Unchained. So, so to this day that that still is, is the, is the song that I, if anybody says, what's your favorite song of all time? I go Van Halen Unchained. I remember when I heard that opening guitar riff, I'm like, wow, what is this? Um, so that was your first introduction into rock music. It was. Yeah. And, and and I want to say it maybe it was like an eight track or, or, or vinyl, in, in, in of all places, my brother's room because he listened to different stuff. But for some reason, he ended up with that. Um, yeah. But but I remember that. Remember that for sure. And then and I and I went out and got that on cassette. And, and I still have an old vinyl. Like when I go through vinyl, it's like I have ones that came, you know that I bought when they originally came out, which is kind of cool. And I was always very protective. I put it in the the vinyl into the protective um, the, sleeve and yeah. just make sure that it never got bent, almost to the point of you know, being a little OCD probably when it comes to that stuff. Uh, but that definitely stood out. And then the next song that stood out was uh, Turn Up the Night by Black Sabbath. Same thing. It was that guitar riff. And, and that's why, like, to this day, my favorite music, like, genre is, like, really heavy stuff. But it needs to have groove and it needs to have movement and you really need to feel it. Um, yeah. But my favorite singer of all time is Jeff Tate, and then Jeff Scott, Jeff Scott Soto, uh, John Bush. Uh, those three are probably the ones that I modeled um, what my, you know, my style was and, and, and what I wanted to do. So it's kind of it, it's certainly a dichotomy between the, you know, certainly John Bush had more of that rasp, um, which yeah. I kind of liked the hybrid between that too. But Jeff Scott Soto just had the power. He's been in so many different bands. Um, but he stood out with what he did with Ingve for sure. Um, yeah, John John Bush is one of my favorite all time singers ever. Yeah, yeah, I love those guys. So if I go back and I look at those two songs, um, that's that kind of was the catalyst that got me into it. Um, so you know, I think my point was just around you know when I first started into this, you know, yeah, maybe when you're like 15 and 16 and and the music. The music industry has changed so dramatically, even over the last five years. But here we are, like, you know, mid-80s, so it became the heyday of um, of the, for lack of a better term, the hairband movement. I know there's a, you know, some look at that as a derogatory term, but just for, you know, putting a, a placement around that where I kind of grew up and, and what I was exposed to, um, you know, I had the opportunity in my first band, which was Steel Vengeance, where it was almost like I, I didn't I didn't know any better. Um, you know, I was like 17 at the time. Uh, and you were, they, sing, you were singing, right? For, I was, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and, and that, you know, that, that kind of was, um, you know, I started with music by working with different bands being, of all things, a guitar tech. Mind you, I couldn't play guitar, but I could definitely set up the equipment. So, mm-hmm. you know, we had the diagrams written out, um, on a piece of paper so we can match all the levels and we had everything set up. So, you know, it was like, to me, it was like a puzzle, you know, all that stuff we could put together. And we did that on the local scene for, 
from the time I was like 15, 16, 17 with bands like Viking, uh, bands like Deliverance. Uh, those were the, the main ones I worked with and where I met a lot of people that are still friends today. Uh, that allowed me to get exposed to more music and certainly the, uh, the music scene um, on the hardcore side with Viking, who was doing a lot of shows at Fenders with Dark Angel, which I know you got a connection on the Dark Angel side. So that's funny how small the, the world is, right, yeah. from a musical standpoint. Um, but that was like kind of my, my first steps into heavy music, never seeing Dark Angel at Radio City in Anaheim with, you know, 50 people, you know, probably in 85 or something like that. Uh, and just being, wow. And then that led to working with... Uh, with biking, which led to working with Deliverance, and that kind of piqued my interest. Where a few years earlier, I heard the music, and I'm like, oh, I like that guitar sound. That always drew me in to then being around the bands and seeing what it is, and then recognizing, hey, you know, let's try it. So yeah. that led me into, you know, Steel Vengeance. That was short-lived, and, and again, I'll use the adage that I, I just didn't know any better. I was, I, I was just a dumb kid. I was in high school when I joined that. Um, they were already signed on Black Dragon and RCA Records. And they had put out a number of records. They relocated from Detroit. So the guitar player at the time, which is the founder, um, he was just reforming essentially in L.A. And I just kind of fell into it. Um, yeah, Still it, Vengeance. I, I think I remember yeah. hearing that name. It, it's a metal, heavy metal name it, for sure. It, it is, yeah. <laughs> it, it was. It's total metal. It was like UFO, Judas, Judas Priest, uh, you know, and, and I love all those bands. And it was just, again, it, I just, honestly, it seems like I fell into it. I, I probably didn't appreciate it as, as much as what it is. Um, you know, we, I never played a live show with them. You know, the record came out, um, my pictures on a record, which I, which is still cool to this day. Um, you know, they ended up selling a decent amount of records, um, you know, all around the world. And if anything, that kind of, you know, again, piqued my interest and gave me a little bit more of an appreciation of, okay, you know, is this something that, that, that I want to do? So in my mind, I was probably seriously focused on music, you know, for like five years where it's like, yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, do anything possible to make it, but I certainly was more focused on, you know, certainly wanting to be serious about it. Um, and I think I'm still serious this day, but I'm always reminded of, you know, don't take it too seriously, you know, kind of keep yourself grounded focus on the fact that it's supposed to be a hobby uh, and have fun with it. But that yeah, was well, kind of my first first exposure back when I was like 17 as far as like a live band setting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we go, we're aging ourselves to the, you know, <laughs> yeah. but that's okay because uh, I like the music scene that we grew up with, you know, all the different music scenes, the Van Halen's, Motley Crue's, the thrash metal scene. Even the hair metal, me and my friends, we used to go see Bon Jovi and Poison just to go, you know, get the girls. We looked like the guys in Metallica <laughs> and Slayer, but we would go to those shows, you know? Absolutely, yeah. It, it, seriously, like, now there's, whenever there's, and some are, are better than others, but there's so many different um, documentaries out there on, you know, a lot of them are on Amazon, some stuff is just on the web, but it's, you know, the history of Thrash Volume 1, the history of of, of metal in the Los Angeles, the history of Los Angeles um, yeah. or, you know, San Francisco metal. Like I've watched all those, like, you know, like on a rainy day, you can just go through all of the different content. Uh, and I know you posted a couple of those things too. So I'll just follow those links. And, and again, you can't help 
but one, feel nostalgic, but also just kind of smile when you see some of that. Because again, that was the heyday, you know, in the in the mid to late 80s, going, you know, going up to L.A., you know, at the time when we lived in Orange County and seeing the bands on the strip and going to some places that, you know, I didn't know any better going to. Uh, God, I forget some of the like. There was almost like DFW halls. We'd go see some hardcore shows. Yeah, and, you know, seeing Slayer at the Olympic Auditorium with like DRI and Overkill. Like those are like landmark shows that I'm so glad and fortunate that I went to um, because maybe at the time I and I remember you know this is kind of funny how from either a marketing perspective or not. Um, flipping back a little bit to some shows at, at Radio City Music Hall. Again, that was like a, you know, barely a strip mall, right? You know, what, Ball Road in Anaheim, yeah. little tiny place. And I remember hearing about that SOD, Stormtroopers or Death were going to show up and play like seven shows or something. And I remember yeah. being scared of, wait, Stormtroopers or Death? Oh my God. It's, you know, mind you, we're like, you know, you know, I was like 15 or 16 at the time, but the, the it was still part of you know, in some regards with the PMRC all being hyped and, and putting, you know, is this devil music? Is it, is it bad? Is it evil? I, some of that stuff, it's funny these, you know, how today is so um, influenced by media. Even back then, that definitely got some people, and I'll admit, I was a little scared by some of those band names. Now, I ended up going and seeing some of those shows, and then I saw King Diamond even when he was still with Merciful Fate. And yeah, was that kind of creepy? Sure. But you know, it just, I think later on, as we got a little bit older, um, at least some of us, you recognize it's just a show, you know, it's a performance, there's an act, there's an angle to it, but yeah. it, there was definitely like a fear factor at the time of, oh my God, wait, are we going to die if we go to this club? Um, is this band going to do something? So it's kind of powerful. Again, the, the power of music has is so far reaching in so many different angles one it's pretty awesome that it can have that effect but also in regard to the just the the impact it has just on culture and how we ingest it and what we make of it um, is has always been something that stood out yeah the uh the power of music is uh there is a lot of power in the music to me i think music is is the real time machine you know because you listen to a song i'm back in 1989 you know yeah with the person i was with and you remember like if you're in someone's car you know like it's just absolutely you know yeah but uh i want to what i want to do is I'm gonna take a little break here and then we'll get back into uh i want to talk about you have your no con no consideration radio program right and I so do. yeah i want to yeah. talk about that and then uh so what what we're gonna do? We're gonna uh, come back from break, all right? Okay, all sounds right. good. Thanks. This episode is brought to you by Grain and Stain Flooring, out of Huntington Beach, California, high quality flooring company. Bring new life to your home with awesome flooring from Grain and Stain Flooring. You want high end work at affordable prices? Call Grain and Stain Flooring at seven one four. 907-2128 once again 714-907-2128 and schedule a free estimate appointment for a 10% discount mention all things guitars and music and they'll give you 10% off of uh, any service that they provide to you so don't forget to check out Grain and Stain at grainandstain.com Grain and Stain Flooring 714 
1-800-242-2128. Thank you, and back to the show. All right, we're back with Scott Nokon, and um, so what I wanted to do is talk about your radio program that you have online. So sure. uh, go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about that. No, absolutely. So it's called the No Consideration Radio Show. Um, nice. Yeah. And it, again, it kind of started, I remember, probably, God, it's almost two years ago now. Uh, there was, you know, it's just like with, with, you know, anybody in a band, you, you send out songs to different different websites. You know, there's so many different radio stations online right now. And obviously there's still, believe it or not, there's still some real radio stations that play rock and metal music around. Uh, some of them kind of in the college station realm, what have you. But I remember reaching out uh, to different different stations and sending sending um, our tracks out. And yeah. OA Radio um, was one of the stations and Onyx Alley was one of the show. And Jay and Renee uh, were, were, were cool people. And I remember just kind of on a whim, I reached out and said, hey, if you ever need, uh, need somebody else just to fill some airtime, you know, I'd love to do it. And they replied almost immediately saying, yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing that I was looking forward to was, you know, like most of what I do is all this kind of recorded segments. Um, you know, I haven't done a live, 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 you know, it's all live recorded, but an actual live um, show yet. And the reason being is that, you know, I'll procure my content. Uh, I'll go ahead and record all my segments and I just kind of piece it together and then just give them a set of files and they're able to load it. And that's, in many cases, that's how a lot of the online radios, uh, radio shows are doing it these days. Others yeah. actually have some software you record live, but my, my only concern was I didn't want to be locked into like a set time every week, just in case, you know, life goes on. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, that's hard if, to if do. I need, yeah. If I needed to navigate around. So to me, it was like, Hey, I'll, you know, I'd love to do it. You know, will you take recorded segments? And they're actually, they were like, we actually do that for everybody. So it worked out perfectly. So, you know, fast forward to, you know, you know, to being able to do that. Like I said, it's been almost two years. Uh, it started out really with, you know, I wanted just to be able to, you know, play, play the songs that, that I like. Uh, certainly that's kind of the, the big reason and, and really dig in and find some bands that, Maybe I don't know if anybody else has really heard of or just really stood out to me. You know, since I started doing it, I think these, you know, I'll name a couple bands that have been able to, you know, obviously pick up the attention and I think has been a huge, been a huge change on the, on the music scene, like Nails. I came yeah. across them a couple of years ago and saw them live a few times and, and spoke with Todd, their singer. And, you know, just really just cool people you know you see them on stage and you're like whoa you know that you know that's your stage persona yeah um, but 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 that music and the power i thought was pretty cool and then code orange um i think you know arguably could be one of the the bigger bands uh, oh, I think, today in the in the in, yeah today in the years to come and i don't know if you caught I and mean, if the listeners caught their live stream last night um you know they're they're uh, their new album came out on Friday, so when we're recording this, I won't give a date, but their new album came out on Friday, and because of everything going on with COVID-19 and social distancing, they had to cancel the live performance, but they were actually able to 
Uh, and it sounded like they obviously the uh, the venue was already planned. It was a theater in Pittsburgh. All that was already set up. They had merchandise and special prints of their album. Uh, they actually did an album as well available for fans. Uh, they had to, you know they had to pivot on a dime and spin up a whole streaming thing, which they did through uh, through Twitch. I watched that last night, and uh, you know I thought it was one of the the best live performances that I'd ever seen. You know, I think they're up to like six members now, but they they played a almost hour set in front of no one with the power on the stage that you would think that they were playing out to 25,000 people. Nice. Um, Basically, they, the, they rehearsed the show. <laughs> yeah, they rehearsed the show. And then the from the production value, where there was, they overlaid video, they had different uh, sound effects going on. You almost thought you were watching... Uh, it was definitely professional, but like, you know, like an old Iron Maiden produced, you know, video is something that you would buy as a finished video. They were doing this all like live. And so if you catch it, I think there's going to be some things I'm sure they'll post on YouTube or yeah. back on Twitch. But again, the overall quality was like, wow, you know, th- this could change, you know, you know, certainly with the state of the world right now and everybody, you know, being, you know, again, you should be cautious with what's going on. But I can, you know, I can people, already see it in the future if this shit keeps up. It's like, okay, so you you pay, you know, like pay per view. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they do a whole concert setup with lighting, but there's no one there. They're in the studio or whatever, and then yeah. people just watch it. Yeah, I could see that, and they had a link on the on on the site where you could go ahead and just donate if you wanted to, and yeah. then there was a link to their merchandise store so i bought a shirt and the shirt was actually you know with the date on the back you know as a kid i always loved buying the 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 specific shirts that had dates and the location right yeah because that was like the unique thing well in this one it said pittsburgh you know march 14th um 2020 and then the front was the album cover it's like yeah yeah you know i'll I'll paypal you guys some money for a shirt that I'll, i'll get in a week or so so they, 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 even though everything changed and they couldn't do a live show, they were able to put out, I thought was even a better live experience over a streaming app that conveyed the conviction and the feel of a live show. Everybody interacted through the chat room. You were able to buy the merchandise. And it's funny you say, yeah, that could be the way others do it. I just saw a post this morning that Dropkick Murphys are doing their St. Patrick's Day show as a live stream as well, since people can't attend. So it's it sad, new, dude. <laughs> it, it is it is sad, but it also is 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 kind of crazy how you know there's still there's still a way to do it. Yeah. You know, there, there's still a way to get that out. And, and again, you know, we can save the whole conversation around you know what's going to happen with with what's going on in the world for you know for a, a more serious podcast, right? But you know, yeah. the final note on that, it's just you know, I guess it's. It's refreshing and cool to see that, you know, that was something last night that I thought could be changed, that could change the industry, you know, and even, you know, everybody's running around in a couple of weeks and out and socializing, which is certainly the idea, but yeah, you could do a pay-per-view. So they could do a live show in, you know, in Germany or in Los Angeles. And if you just want to pay 20 bucks and watch it, um, that could be like a new normal going forward. So who knows? Yeah, um, it could be. So, so uh, we'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. So, so on, the ra- on, on the radio yeah. show, um, so OA Radio, they're like the main channel, but then there's a whole bunch of radio stations like yours underneath. 
their yeah, umbrella? So they, yeah, so th- thank you for allowing me to go down that rabbit hole. So now I'll pull oh, no myself worries. back up. <laughs> so yeah, OA. So OA Radio is the the overall station, and then different different you know DJs, different different shows exist. So I'm um, you know I'm one of the shows. There's probably nine or ten different you know DJs, albeit hosts that that do uh, different hour, two hour, three hour shows. Um, you know when I started out, I was doing it. Um, once a week for about an hour, then I started getting some more content. Um, over the last, um, since I, and, and not coincidentally, time to when I relocated back out to or out to Nashville, I kind of uh, just repurposed some of the previous recordings I had. Uh, just, one, just to buy time during the transition, but then to kind of you know set up all my equipment again and have things ready to go. So I'll, I'll start doing live shows, or I should say, live recorded shows probably in the next month or so again. Uh, but right now, um, you know, I call it the best of or playing some repeats over the last uh, last few weeks or so. But yeah, it, overall, it was just an, an avenue, just like, you know, you're doing with the podcast. It's yeah. awesome that there's so many ways that we can go out and, and express ourselves and just talk about content, talk about the things that we love to talk about, music, and, you know, and everything tied to it. I just use that as an opportunity to say, hey, here's some of the songs I like. You know, it's also been an avenue for, um, for unsigned or independent bands to sell. Like I, I was getting MP3s from literally, you know, countries from all over the world. Um, and it was pretty awesome just to hear different music. You know, was everything played? No, but I, I would play a lot. I purposely did one show where I played. Um, I didn't even listen to everything. And it, I took a risk and just played it back to back. And there was some, hmm, okay. But you know what? It was... I, I purposely did that show to say, if you send me something, I'll put it out there. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, the idea, and, and again, the, the, the goal behind social media and just being able to, to translate out to a broader basis, you know, ideally each of those artists or bands would share on their Instagram page or their Twitter or Facebook. And, and that would get the word out about the show. So yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a good experience. And again, something that I've always wanted to do. So like, hey, you know, if you got a goal, put it out there, make it happen, and then uh, move on to the next thing. So, yeah, it gives you something to do. You're playing music yeah. that you want, that you like, and then you want to just share it with other people. And then, um, so it's a good thing because I listen to, I don't listen to the radio stations here in Southern California because we don't, we don't have a rock station. You know that, right? Right. Yeah, and I do. So yeah. the the actual real rock station that I do listen to is KUPD in uh phoenix okay that's a real rock station dude and so i, I listen to that uh, you know online with my phone nice bluetooth yeah. speaker in the house and it's like i'm listening to it's cool because it's like you're living in arizona because you hear their weather <laughs> their commercials yeah, exactly and yeah. everything and that might be a spot where i head out to um in a few years so sure. uh, so now that you're you're back in tennessee um so how's the music scene? I I know we have rock stars that live out there, right? Dave Mustaine, Mick Mars, you. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, fit, fit me into that. So a couple guys from Ray from Corn. Yeah, um, lives out lives out here. Let's see, Tom Kiefer, uh, Cinderella. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There's um, between the Buried and Me, uh, a couple of their guitar members which is one of my uh, favorite bands as well mm-hmm. i'll keep on dropping favorite bands during this uh during right. this podcast so so far to recap nails 
code orange between the buried and me there. That's uh, I think I'm up to three, but yeah, there, there's quite a few. And, and again, the, the rock scene seems pretty strong, but, but um, I don't know if we mentioned this earlier when we were talking offline, I think part of it is that, you know, certainly as, as it's been for a number of years and still remains true to this day, Nashville certainly is a hotbed for, for country music. It has been. Yeah. Uh, and if you go back and, and there's some really interesting, if you ever got anyone ever gets the chance, there's some, documentaries on on pbs that go back into the history of goes everywhere from um merle haggard and waylon jennings and johnny cash and chris christopherson where it's just like really interesting stories of how people got you know their start and and doesn't matter if you like country music or not just that the story itself is pretty compelling and pretty awesome but you know 40 years ago People were, you know, musicians essentially took their briefcase and went down to Music Row, uh, which is kind of a haven for all the the record labels at the time. And there's still ones down there. And they would go in into a nine to five office job and write music. Uh, and that 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 kind of translated over to, you know, more mass productions of, of releases over the years where a, a record by a big country artist could be a collaboration of 20 different writers and all they did was sing. Yeah, again, that's not unheard of in music, so I'm not saying that in a derogatory manner, but to answer your question as far as, you know, the music scene, if you want to appreciate talent, if you walk up and down Broadway, which is the main street in Nashville, on, yeah. on any night, and you could start at 3 in the afternoon, you'll hear 50-plus different bands or artists playing as you walk up, and within a 10-minute time, you may stop, and there's been a few times I've stopped and just listened listen to some of them and say, wow, th- this person could be, like, huge. So there's plenty of talent. It's such a hotbed. It's so deeply seated with different artists. It's got to be an incredibly de- – and, and, and it is. I can see that. You know, it's yeah. an incredibly competitive market to be in. And, and, in most, and most, of the, most of the bands, most of the artists are playing for tip money. You know, the, the clubs don't pay the artists to play there. They as far don't? as it relates to, yeah, yeah, like the Broadway like streets. As far as I understand, like if you're playing in a bar, you know that's why they they and the tip jars are literally like that's sizes their, of the, that's their of, payday, right? That's their payday. So you know, could you make a couple hundred bucks? Yeah, but you know, you divide that up between five or six people. You know, you can you be out there? You know, even three, four, five nights a week? Um, maybe not. So you know. They're doing it for the love of the music, and you definitely hear a lot of great music, and there's a lot of great musicians. But is it oversaturated? It's densely saturated for sure with musicians. Um, is it cutthroat for sure? Um, uh, I think you know, I remember seeing a post recently from somebody on I think Instagram is like, if you want to make it in music, don't come to Nashville. Get in the van and tour the country again if you have the means to do it. Even if you have like a, you know, just a, a sprinter van or something or just a tiny van you go around you got to you know cut your teeth on the different do it old school right do it in a way if you actually again if you can actually do it um so yeah overall is there a music scene here absolutely is it strong for sure uh is there different genres that are represented yes i know there's a lot of metal albums being recorded in nashville i think slipknot stone sour um I think yeah, there's yeah for sure there's and then those guys a couple of them live out here as well so if you you could probably find us on Google right just yeah put in you know rocks rock musicians that live in Nashville and, and you're reco- you know you're going to return you know probably a good page but yeah there's a lot you know the studios again have been here but more folks go here 
you know, as far as like the reason why I came back here is just, it's like right now I'm looking out my window and across the street, there's probably a, you know, a thousand acre farm, you know, and I see some horses and I see some cows and I see up, up the hill, uh, a nice white house, double, you know, Wow. two-story house with the barn it's like it's a great view you know and then there's a church and there's 10 million churches in that in the nashville area so that's not a surprise but it's it's peaceful you know there's it, it it's slower than california and so in orange county uh there's still the amenities there's still the costco and the, and the uh, cheesecake factories and all that stuff for sure and a lot of it's been built up certainly in the uh in the Nash, greater nashville area well, we're trying uh, but to. As far as yeah, taking a step back away from just the normal things, uh, you know, of just the, the hustle and the bustle, as they say, right? Yeah. Uh, I can see why people come here, and it, you can step away and in five minutes. You can be out in the middle of almost seems like nowhere in the country, and just be able to reflect and relax. So yes, yeah, that, nice. that that helps. Yeah. If I was ever a a guitar guitar player, singer, artist, you know. Um, I'd definitely go to Nashville if I didn't have any family responsibilities or anything because, like you said, the the bars don't pay the musicians, but there's some musicians that they that's how they make their living. They pay the rent and they buy their food just by playing music with the tip jar. Oh, yeah, you can do you that. Know. And then I'm sure, you know, I see, and I'll flip through, um, you know, the, the recycler of, of today, right, the, yeah. the digital version, and, and there's... Yeah, a, a lot of these guys are probably um, hired musicians as well, so they're session players. So yeah. there's definitely a very high percentage that does that as well. And you may get in and get a couple hundred bucks, or maybe you get a couple thousand bucks for playing a part. Uh, again, you know, more power to you. You know, you're committed to your art, you're committed to your craft. Um, I think if you're if you're good enough and you're determined and you work hard, that you'll be able to to carve out a niche. You'll be able to get opportunities i think it goes back with any any industry if you're a good person and you work hard you got to be mindful of of snakes but if you work hard and a good person you'll be able to kind of find your way in if you treat people like crap and you're not um, appreciative of the opportunities you have that eventually catches up to you so yeah yeah well like those singer artists I, i think there's this girl on american idol or the voice um you know country blondie chick um, she moved out there. She's like 19 and she's doing it. Just doing it meaning she's paying her bills. She has rent. And like you said, if you make, if you're a solo artist and you're making $200 a night in the tip jar, fuck dude, work five nights a week and that's like working a regular job. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can definitely do it. This comes down to, again, you know, how much are you able to, to handle. And again, people make decisions in their life to say, okay, do I put off having a family? Do I, do I have that new car? Well, probably not. If you're being, you know, if you're forced to be fiscally responsible or it's just a, an output of, of you recognizing what's in your, you know, in your bank account at the end, at the end of every week, you'll, you'll do what you need to do to survive. So, um, I think that's why I didn't make it as a rock star because I was always, I have to work. (laughs) You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't just like, you know, push everything aside and leave, you know, back in the day, you know, and, and I know tours, you know, can extend from a few weeks to a few months, depending on where you're at. But, you know, just jumping in a van when you're 18 years old, 
Oh, yeah. Uh, you look back, and there's a lot of guys that did it, and there's a lot that never, uh, you know, more more didn't make it than did, and make it as relative. But even if you went out on one tour and played a bunch of bars and eventually maybe got picked up to do a couple, you know, larger clubs or a theater with some, you know, mid-sized bands, you could look back and say, hey, I did it, you know. Yeah. You know, I feel accomplished. You know, I played six shows with, with no con so far. I feel accomplished. You know, I did a radio show. I feel accomplished. You know, a record was out. I feel accomplished. I, I, I don't look back and say, what did I miss out on? It's like, no. No. Like I, I, uh, I, I, did, I did these things, and I'm not looking back now and figuring out, do I need to go, you know, what, what kind of job do I need to have now to make things, to make ends meet? You know, I was able, and in a way, I think I was able to do both. Yeah, that's how I was. I mean, during my livid days, I was, you know, I had a warehouse job. I got off at 2.30 and I could take a day off if I want. So when we did weekend things, I could have a Friday off, you know? Yeah. And then work and still, you know, do the music thing. So, well, yeah, that's cool. Um, The wife and I, you know, and my son, we're planning on going to Tennessee. We wanted to go this year because we want to check out different places for potential moves. You know, when we move out of California and then Tennessee is one place I want to go. You're out there. The wife's cousins out there. My aunt's out there. And I got other friends that live out there. And I want to I want to go to the Gibson Guitar Factory. I want to go to the Jack Daniels Distillery. I want to go see Elvis. There's all kinds of shit that I want to do out there. So if that happens, that happens, I'll hit you up and then, uh, you know, and then we'll go hang out or something like that. But, um, yeah, real, real, real quick, you know, like when I was here before, it almost yeah. seems like a like a whirlwind. Um, and now when I came back out uh, to Tennessee, like each weekend, now, mind you, I'm not doing it this weekend, um, um, but most weekends I'll go on a different adventure. So, yeah, I've gone to some different distilleries, uh, I've driven to different states. Uh, and again, it's to me, it's all about just experiencing life, having a different experience. So, you know, you know, the whole proverbial water cooler talk on Monday. Hey, so what did you do this weekend? Well, actually I drove to Alabama and went to this and that. And are those states that close? Yeah. You can, you know, like Alabama, you can get there in like about an hour. Kentucky is about 40 minutes North. You can go, um, you know, Georgia is about two hours. So if you, you know, if you wanted to do a state tour in a car, you could hit a number of them. Like if you took a week, you could go up and you could go up, over to the East Coast and back down through South Carolina, hit Florida and come back. Florida's about an eight-hour drive, so you know that's like going to San Francisco from Orange County. Yeah. So there's things that are a lot closer, but again, you know, the point being, hey, don't be a potted plant. You know, go out and experience things. Um, you know, be able to take it in. It's interesting to see different cultures. It's really been interesting to see, um, you know, the different. Um, gas prices for sure you know the cheapest that i've had so far was a dollar 99 last saturday in outside birmingham and with the oil prices dropping this week gas out here is probably going to drop even more so you know hopefully that that carries over to uh southern california you you would hope so from where it was like the mid fours high threes yeah the california uh, is a different it's a whole different concept to the other states that's why yeah. millions of people are moving out. But for to me, in my opinion, each person that moves out, I think three or four move in. For sure, yeah. Because, there's definitely because you have the a trade off. Yeah. Well, L.A. is, is yeah. the is the 
the market for I want to be a rock star, I want to be an actress, you know, whatever. Yep. You had a theater, you have all these entertainment people coming out here like every day trying to live that dream, you know. And so For sure. But yeah, yeah we're we're planning on moving out in Tennessee. We so if that happens, um I'll hit you up. So we're getting yeah, towards sure. we're getting towards the end of the show, so I'm going to ask you some like silly questions, I guess. Not silly, but <laughs> nice. what's yeah. your what's your favorite food? Uh, favorite food, uh, Italian. Nice. I have to be in a mood for Italian, but I love Italian when I eat it. But yeah. I have to be in a mood first, you know, yeah. to get it. What is there a favorite uh, Italian restaurant out there in Nashville? Uh, I have not found one yet out here. Wait, have I found one out here? No, not yet. Um, so I'm still looking for that. Um, like Mexicans really, you know, Mexican food's very close second, uh, for sure. And, and that's also on the hunt for trying to find a good Mexican restaurant. You know, yeah. Some of the kind of greasier spoon places actually are better than, you know, ones that try to be over the top. So, you know, st- still looking for it, still looking for a really, really good Mexican. Yeah, well, California, as you know, it's everywhere. That's yeah. You know, sometimes the family were like, "Well, what do you want to eat? What do you want to eat?" And then we fight and argue about what we're going to eat. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. Me- Mexican food ends up being okay. Let's just eat Mexican food. Yeah, exactly. It's always the go-to. So you mentioned three bands before, like, so what newer bands of today that you like? Yeah. So uh, I'm going to repeat the ones I said because yeah. those stand out. Uh, Nails, th- that one I probably got into a couple years ago. Um, Code Orange over the last uh, year and a half, and I know they had records out going back probably seven, eight years when they you know, called Code Orange Kids, and they were literally kids. Uh, yeah. So, so that's but that, the new record, you know, right now, you know, seeing that concert last night and listening to it, I, I think is one of the, the, the top releases – uh, of the year so far, um, the new Code Orange, and then Between the Buried and Me is is right there. As yeah, far the, as one of my the new Code Orange yeah. is pretty heavy, dude. Yeah, it Jeez. is. Yeah. So, yeah, go out there, you know, buy it. Like everybody's tours are suspended right now; some are canceled. They were going to do the big tour. They were coming to Nashville, I think, in July, which might still happen. Hopefully, everything gets worked out. But they were, you know, they were going to tour with Slipknot and Under Oath. And one other band that I'm drawing a blank on, but you know that was coming to uh, to the arena out here in Nashville, and obviously nationwide. I think probably five points over in Irvine. That same tour is supposed to come through. But yeah, those three bands: Between the Buried and Me, Code Orange, and Nails are kind of the top three. Nice. Well, I I know Nails and Code Orange are uh, are pretty heavy, and it's like the the kids of today. I mean, even those bands are considered new, but they're like older. Yeah, they are. If you dig into their catalog, yeah, and there's stuff that's been out there. But as far as like being, you know, being known, being recognized, yeah, you know, getting, you know, for what it's worth, being Grammy nominated, which you know, hey, I, I would never, I would never decline that. You know, no. it gets you a little bit more, <laughs> gets you a little bit more recognition in the kind of the national setting, like Code Orange had last year. So, yeah, and between the Barry to me too, so they both were. Uh, Cool. So what's your drink yeah. of choice? Um, so I used to be, and I still on occasion have vodka tonics, but I will say old fashioned is my absolute um, favorite drink. Old fashioned. What's that? Yeah. So it's whiskey, bitters, um, 
you have like some orange in it. So it, it's uh, essentially it's a you know it's a layered drink, but uh, as pure sense, it's a uh, you know any type of whiskey will do. You don't need top end, but you add some bitters, which is just a kind of an additive. Um, I'm I'm looking at the bottle right now, and then you could add like an orange peel to it. So yeah, I, I would invite you to. Um, Next time you go out to, you know, if you go to a steak restaurant, any restaurant will have an old fashioned just to try it. Okay, cool. Yeah. And, and then, then whiskey, uh, I have a, I have a shelf of different whiskeys, um, you know, anywhere from, there's a whole bunch of Tennessee brands from sour mash to, to rise to single malt scotch whiskey. Um, and there's actually a couple flavored ones that I picked up recently, um, from downtown, I even got a, a moonshine, a coffee flavored moonshine. Damn, uh, yeah. So that sounds it, like Nashville. Yeah, yeah. It's it, <laughs> we went to a tasting a couple weeks ago, and um, you're talking about going to the Jack Daniels Distillery. So there's a a shop downtown because the distillery is probably an hour or so, um, kind of southeast from Nashville proper, um, out in the country, really beautiful area. But there's a uh, a store and a distillery that's downtown and they also have then it's under the Tennessee legend brands of different, different moonshines. And those are, those are kind of interesting and flavored, flavored whiskey. So yeah, I have no opinion on whiskey and, and scotch, you know, and all that. It's, that's kind of been my go-to, I guess, you know, as you get older, you get a little bit more uh, sophisticated. So you sit down <laughs> with a, a giant ice cube drink and, you know, I still, you know, I'll still drink beer. You know, I, I love a good, there's a lot of really good breweries and, um, out that way and small batch beers out in Nashville as well. So yeah, there's a, nice. they definitely have their, their alcohol in check out here. Well, so. my favorite drink is Jack and Coke and, you know, Jack Daniels, yeah. Tennessee. There you go. Yep. And then, so, so what, what, um, I just recently became a Netflix watcher since I took the bus to downtown, uh, yep. LA. What Netflix or Amazon Hulu shows are you into? Right yeah, now? so let's see. I was just watching some stuff the other night. So I'm watching, and I flip back and forth between Netflix and and Amazon. Same for here. sure. So yeah. Narcos, um, yes, the two Narcos series. Uh, I'm almost done with those. I just started the second season, the Narcos yeah, Mexico. So I, yeah, so I, I like that. Um, that's definitely good. That's been keep, keeping my interest. Um, Better Call Saul. Um, yep, I've I'm watched on that, that on on Netflix. The on Prime have really been the Jack Ryan series. Yep. So those are the two that. Uh, and and honestly, when those came out, I just sat down and watched them all the way through. Um, yeah. So so that, those cool. have been the main ones. And then now, what what I do is just kind of look out for you know if anybody posts any stuff on on the socials about a new show or looking for recommendations. Because as much content that's out there, I still find myself scrolling through it sometimes, not finding something I want. And yeah, like when maybe I st- eventually, yeah, there's a game you just spin your, yeah. uh, you know, and figure out. Okay, I'm going to land on this show and just watch it and see if I get through. So I'll take a chance on some ones just that they look interesting. Some of them I, I bail on; other ones I might watch. Uh, well, some Magicians of the ones is one. Yeah, I just started. Some of the ones like so. you, like I just scroll, keep looking for something, and then the the two that I passed that I really love was the Breaking Bad, you know, and I was yeah. like, because I was thinking, oh, that's already old and shit, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then I watched it and I was hooked. And then the oh one, yeah, yeah. The one after that for was sure. Dexter. 
That one, yes. Dexter, I was hooked on that one, dude. And it's like yeah. when you finish these uh, series, when you finish it, it's like you get bummed out, like you don't get to hang out with your friends anymore. <laughs> oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I watched, you know, it's funny you mentioned because both Breaking Bad, so I, I have avoided, you know, for lack of a better term, Breaking Bad yeah. for, for the first couple seasons. And then as soon as it came on, uh, streaming, I remember, uh, you know what, the last season's coming up, let's just catch up. So I binge-watched a whole bunch of episodes to catch up, and then I watched the the final season on AMC, and I'm like, okay, cool, I'm glad I did it. Yeah, um, yeah Dexter, I watched when it was on, um, what was it on, Showtime or HBO, I forget when. Yeah, uh, Showtime, I think. Yeah. I, I know we're giving out all these plugs, so hopefully you, you'll get a couple pennies for mentioning those names. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> hopefully. But, but I watched that, yeah, I watched that at the time, so... Would I? That was one show I think I would revisit through streaming, and then another show that I just remember I watched. Uh, I need to. I need it like an app, and I'm sure there's one that exists that I can just record all the shows that I watched in a little note, so that I can remember. You know, in the past, I, I could just keep a simple note on my phone. But The Witcher, I watched that. Oh, that's a couple new, weeks right? Ago. Yeah. Yeah, I so that was entertaining. That. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed that as well. Yeah. Well, dude, it's funny. Um, I just recently fell in. Well, I, the Legend of Bruce Lee is on Netflix, okay. and um, yeah. it's like only one season, but there's fifty episodes in the one season. So I guess you know they just had fifty episodes. But right. I, I was hooked on that dude, and then now I'm on this fucking karate, you know, <laughs> uh, yep. you know, rabbit hole because like Bruce Lee, what I learned is that he learned all his stuff from the IP man or yeah, IP man they call him. It was uh, Bruce Lee's real master. And okay. this dude goes back in the, I think, the 30s, and like a legend in the Chinese world. Because yeah. there are so many movies about this guy, dude. Like movies after movies about the this dude, the IP man. Okay. And so now I'm yeah. on that. And so I'm reading a lot because it's all in Chinese and it's in English. And it's like, damn. You know, so I've fell that down that rabbit hole of, of kung fu <laughs> shit because now, yeah, when I open my refrigerator, I'm like, you know, I grab something, <laughs> like I make these little noise, yep. you know, nice, yeah. So, all right, um, all right, so we're at the end of the show. I really appreciate you uh, doing this show all the way from Nashville, um, and then uh, no, for sure, for sure. And then, how could people reach you with your radio show with your no con? Uh, music and all that go ahead and tell everyone your websites yeah for sure and again yeah thank you for uh for reaching out you know we've known one another for god what 25 years now that's crazy so uh so it's always great to connect and yeah best of luck with a uh, future guest on your well, podcast yeah thank uh, again, you it, it, yeah everybody's you know if you think if you think you want to do something like a podcast or or write a song or write a poem or write a book just do it yeah. You know, I think, you know, don't pause. So as far as like hitting up the different sites, uh, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So the No Consideration Show, uh, you can just type that in. No Con or No Con Band uh, is out there on all those three platforms. And then if you want to send an email, um, I know some people still do that. The No yeah. Consideration Show at gmail.com. Uh, again, if you're in a band and you want to, want to be played on a future show, um, you know, reach out. And again, yeah, Jim, thank yeah. you for, uh, for reaching out and, you know, spending a, 
a Sunday morning afternoon with me. This was this was great to connect and, and talk. And certainly, uh, if you need anything in the future, when I do come out to uh, yeah. when I do come out to Nashville, fuck, I just I'll, I'll bring a microphone and uh, we'll do a podcast of like I don't know, hanging out at the bars. Yeah, <laughs> go to different places. Exactly. Yeah, just just do a you know a a bar hop, bar yeah. crawl, right. Interview bartenders and say, hey, who's a famous person that came out of this bar? Oh, dude, that would be a good concept, huh? There we go. Yeah. I like uh, that. All right. What song do you want us to play? Because I'm going to play one of your songs. Okay. Um, How about the No Con song in I'm Not Your Martyr? All right. Cool. That's the single, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You can find it. Yeah. Stream it on Spotify. Um, it's on iTunes, you know, the iTunes is still around, right? But Apple music, all the, uh, all the streaming sites, yeah, it's out there. But again, Jim, thank you for, uh, for the opportunity. It was a great time. No worries, dude. So we'll go ahead and play that. Uh, I'm not your martyr, right? That's it. Yeah. We'll play that out. Thank you for doing the show and everyone. Thank you for listening to all guitars. Sorry. Thank you for listening to all. <laughs> All Things Guitars and Music, a podcast by Vapor Guitars.
Thank you for listening to that episode of All Things Guitars and Music, the podcast by Vapor Guitars. Reach Vapor Guitars at V-A-Y-P-E-R Guitars on all social media platforms and at VaporGuitars.com. Thank you for listening. Till next time.